This is God's servant Philip Koshikoshi. I am the pastor of Revelation Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. I pray that you will experience the power of God's word in all its richness and glory today. May your faith be revived, your mind be renewed, and your body be healed in Jesus' name. It's good to be together once, once more and uh, to be here to, to look into God's word. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is good, and He does good. You know, praise God for what transpired today morning, yes, in this, in this hall. It was such a wonderful time, enjoying God's presence, and uh, the commission, and uh, release of servants of God. Praise the Lord. Yes, the commission and the release of uh, God's servants. Thank you, Jesus. We praise God for you guys. Yes, we praise God for you guys. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, we're doing uh, the Sermon on the Mount. We are at the Beatitudes. Hallelujah. We are at the Beatitudes. Christ desires for us to have an exceptional lifestyle. Jesus desires for us to have an exceptional lifestyle. Uh, the disciples' lifestyle is unlike any other lifestyle. Um, it is a higher place. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus calls us to a higher standard of living. Amen. To quote what we, were, uh, what we shared last time at uh, Bible study, uh, Jesus wants us to have a higher standard of living, a higher standard of thinking. Praise God. And uh, he's detailed that um, manifesto, if you want, He's detailed the, 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 um, um, how to go about it in the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, if you are to practice the Sermon on the Mount, as every Christian is expected to, if we practice the Sermon on the Mount, then I tell you, um, you will live that exceptional lifestyle, a divine lifestyle. Praise the Lord. A divine lifestyle. Hallelujah. Jesus desires us to live life under very strong teaching, we are to display the teachings of Christ. So let us read Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 down to 12. Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 following. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and began, amen. What does Jesus desire to do every day? Glory, yeah, he never stops teaching. All the days of your life, Jesus desires to teach you. Amen, amen. Isn't that a class that is worth looking forward to? Jesus teaching us. He opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. Okay, we do this responsively. I read the first section, then uh, you join in with the second part of the verse, loud and clear. This is like our um, national anthem, if you, if you like. Yes, this is the national anthem of the, of the kingdom of God. Let's say, uh, I'll read uh, from verse 3. It says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Oh, I need to do that again. Blessed are the poor in spirits. I'll have to do that again. I'm watching your lips. Blessed are the poor in spirits. 
I'm sure all of you had biryani. I think most of you were present. Yes. Put that energy into what we are declaring here. Verse 4 says, Blessed are those who mourn. You know, I'm telling you, if you do this with your heart and allow the Spirit of God minister to you, it's going to minister to you today, right now. Right now it will minister to you. You will, you will feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to start again from verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the gentle. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the poor and pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Let's read verse 12 together loudly. Rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Amen. I believe you're blessed just going through this. Uh, I I tell people that this is uh, Christ's invitation uh, you qualify for the presence of Jesus. If any of these, um, you qualify, these are your qualities. You're poor in spirit, Jesus wants you. You feel crushed and lowly, Jesus is near. You have a situation, a circumstance, a difficulty. That's how the, the Beatitudes start with that declaration. Blessed are the poor in spirit for they... For theirs is the kingdom of God, or kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, glory. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall. I see a lot of uh, new faces for this Bible study, so um, I, I will repeat a few things just in passing. Blessed are, the, blessed are the gentle, for they shall? I can't hear you. They shall? I can't hear you. They shall? Uh, this is not figuratively speaking. It's all yours. Let it sink in. You know, we go through life thinking, you know, we are has-beens or uh, we are struggling to be a... Uh, to achieve something, let me tell you, when you are at the feet of Jesus, following the Holy Spirit, the whole earth is yours. You find it difficult to say, you should celebrate these things. Amen. You should celebrate these things. These are radical things. Don't you think this is radical? Blessed are the gentle, they shall inherit. It's all yours. Go outside tomorrow morning when the sun rises and you see the horizon, it's all yours. Ha! You look like you need more convincing. It's all yours. It's all yours. It's all yours. Everything's yours. Mount Everest is mine. Mount Everest is mine. 
Kilimanjaro, it's mine. Hawaii, it's mine. You shall inherit the earth. For those that keep their eyes on Jesus and, and are in a relationship with the Most High, they are called sons of God. You inherit everything that is God. Praise the Lord. So I want to tell uh, some of you that are here, maybe you'll be here this week and, and uh, I may not see you for another Bible study here. You know, don't, uh, it's all yours. Ha, it's all yours. You know, of all people that should be so chill as far as property and, and such matters, if there's a certain group of people that should be sorted concerning these things, it's us. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm standing here with a group of people that are far richer, I mean, uh, unimaginably richer than the sheikhs of UAE or Kuwait or Saudi Arabia, uh, greater than the Sultan of Brunei, each one of you. You need to meditate these scriptures. You meditate on them. You, you'll be like, uh, all these things that the earth, the world tries to put on you, they'll just suddenly lose their grip. You know, things that the world lives for, people in the world are struggling for, uh, suddenly you realize, huh? That's why disciples reacted to Jesus. They, dis they reacted to Jesus in this way. When Jesus said, are you also leaving? You know, they said, they have never seen a man like this. Jesus displayed the fact that everything is his. Am I right? Did Jesus display that everything is his? He commanded the waves and the wind to be still and they thought about it. It was instantaneous. 2,000 years later, we're still discussing how the weatherman gets it wrong. Jesus decides the weather in an instant. Just like that. Today, medical science still struggling and uh, aiming for that unachievable goal of how we can uh, raise the dead. Frankly, frankly, I don't think that discussion is even happening because, you know, it's that impossible. What they're trying to do is elongate life. Because once dead, Jesus raised the dead. He changed funerals. Praise the Lord. He changed funeral processions. If they came by Christ, they, the whole scenario changed. Praise God. Praise the Lord. He fed a, a group of a huge... The Israelites in the wilderness, he fed them for 40 years. He fed a nation in the wilderness for 40 years. You just think about it. Think about it. Will he not, will your breakfast not be ready tomorrow? Amen. Will he not provide for you? Will he not provide for you? He took a nation through the wilderness and their sandals did not wear out. I wonder which, I wonder if Nike can ever have an advertisement like that. Take our shoes with you for 40 years in the wilderness. We guarantee it will not, we'll have to make it out of concrete or something. Those sandals did not wear out. Pay attention to these details. And uh, these scriptures are celebrating those things. 
If you come to Jesus, he is more than enough. Come to Jesus, he's more than enough. He is, uh, he is uh, exponentially enough. I, ran, I run out of words to describe how enough he is. Praise God. Hallelujah. Blessed are the gentle, they shall inherit. Hmm. It's all yours. It's all yours. It's all yours. Praise the Lord. You will be governing uh, regions, vast areas of this earth. That person next to you. It's incredible. Blessed are the gentle, they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be. What is the secret of satisfaction? What is the secret of satisfaction? It's, the answer is in the verse. That's right. What's the secret for satisfaction? Righteousness. What does the devil tell you? The, that satisfaction comes through unrighteousness. It is a lie. Satisfaction comes when you are under righteousness. The greatest pleasure you will ever experience is in righteousness. I need an amen for that. The greatest pleasure you will ever experience is in righteousness. So we are now at uh, verse 7 in our study. It says, blessed are the merciful for they shall receive. Praise God. Blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. We've been on the subject for two weeks or three weeks now. We considered a few scriptures. So we are now entering into the second part of that um, of that verse, it says, the merciful are blessed. Uh, and I want to repeat, being a person who shows mercy, who, who um, imparts mercy, who invests in mercy, has a lifestyle of mercy. What does mercy mean? Compassion. What does compassion mean? DTS students, what does compassion mean? Today, uh, the one who established YVAM in, his, uh, in what he was ministering in that video, he mentioned mercy and compassion. Have a burden for others. Compassion is to have a burden for You notice other people. Praise God. You notice other people. Now, it's no accident that when you come to Christ, the Holy Spirit starts to um, nudge your heart towards that person's need, this person's need. When you walk through the street, it, it is not an accident. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. Mercy, compassion. And uh, we are to stay in that place. Blessed are the merciful, they shall receive. They shall receive. This section is um, it's constructed in such a manner that um, this, is, um, this section of the study is probably going to disturb you a little bit. Praise the Lord. When you do Bible study, uh, surgery is happening. Hmm? And um, I long for the, the expression on your faces to reflect that surgery. If you study revivals that have happened, when that kind of things happen, when people start to wail, okay, I'm not asking you to wail unless 
Yeah, the Spirit of God is leading you to. But the, uh, 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 sensing that the, the cut of the surgeon, whose name is the Holy Spirit, um, is very essential. I hope you've come here for Bible study. When you hear Bible study, you should hear piercing. Bible study should be piercing. Mm, there should be some... If I had a knife, I would probably illustrate. Mm. Some removing. I know some of you faint if you see one uh, needle. Yeah, I don't know if there are... I know people who, if they see a needle, they'll faint. I believe all of you have had some experience with a doctor doing something you didn't want them to do. Yeah? The Word of God wants to get into our, our, our life the way we think, wants to wake us up from our stupor. Wake us up from our stupor, like a, a shock us. So this scripture, if you were to look at um, the original language, how it's constructed, you would be right to translate it like this. Are you ready? Are you ready? You will be right to translate it like this. Blessed are the merciful for they and they alone will be shown mercy. Let me repeat that. Blessed are the merciful for they and they alone shall be shown You want to read more scriptures like this? James chapter 2 and verse 13. James chapter 2 and verse 13. Ouch. You know, I, we as believers, we should be so quickened to mercy, to compassion. We should be like, um, um, I mean, it, it should be something we think about in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. Uh, in uh, James chapter 2 verse 13 says, Judgment without I didn't say it. Oh, by the way, it's New Testament. Huh? It's in the New Testament. Judgment without... I like the silence, the processing that's going on right now. Judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been... Suddenly our salvation itself is being, I can feel the foundations are, uh, you know, some, some of you feeling a little bit of, oh, what's going on here? Judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been, praise the Lord, who has not been, you can say praise the Lord, this is scripture, would you praise God with me, praise the Lord, judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone. Who has not been. So you remember any merciful acts that you did this week? Don't answer me. It's a reflection. It's between you and the Lord. Hmm. 
Matthew chapter 6 verses 14 and 15. Matthew chapter 6 verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also... I can't hear you. I mean, wasn't that enough? I mean, wasn't that enough for Jesus to say that sentence? Help me out. Wasn't that enough? For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also... And there's a full stop there. So, I mean, that was enough, right? Praise God. Paul, wasn't that not enough? I mean, I think we can figure out what the rest of what Christ is about to say. I think. No. But uh, it's like the Lord is underlining the importance. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will. Everybody say will. Say will. Ah. If you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also if you're wondering why I'm repeating it so many times, because I'm repeating it so many times because um, uh, a large chunk of issues that, uh, that are within the church or people are uh, going through, believers are going through, can be sorted if they practice this. So I, I don't know, I need to say it again. Because I, I do not want to counsel a single one of you after you get married with an issue of forgiveness. Married people can say amen. Oh, that was such a... <clears throat> Married people can say amen. Unmarried people can say amen. It's a commitment you're making. But if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. And then Jesus says, but... If you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. So I have a question for you, Bible students. Does these scriptures indicate that if you do acts of charity or mercy, that you can get saved? I can hear some no's and all. Where did that come from? Hmm. Here there was the, uh, the body language no came. The rest of you are like playing safe, is it? Or Does this Beatitudes mean that one can merit God's salvation by performing acts of mercy? Okay, I'll wait for some conviction. Uh, this is Bible study. These are things you need to sort. You need, it needs to be sorted out. What do, you, what do you say? You understand my question? Yes? No? Maybe? Yes? So, does this beatitude mean that you can merit, listen carefully, God's salvation by performing acts of mercy? Do these scriptures indicate that? Okay, I think I just do. How many say no? <laughs> so, I, I will, 
what i have seen i have seen i shall not share it with anybody all right so <laughs> so if you study the scriptures salvation is by grace you can heave a sigh of relief <sighs> yes <laughs> ephesians chapter 2 and verse uh, verses 8 and 9 you should know this by heart for by grace you have been through faith and that not of your praise the lord if god's salvation depended on how we forgave and how we gave mercy all the best yes uh, it, it's not that's not how it works it's by grace you have been saved through faith that not of yourselves it is a gift of god not as a result of works that no one can boast that's ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 so then what does this these scriptures mean i think we need to look at uh, a character in the book of acts acts chapter 10 verses 1 to 5 praise the lord acts chapter 10 verses 1 to 5 so i start reading from verse 1 it says now there was a man at cesarea named cornelius a centurion of what was called the italian cohort a devout man and one who feared god with all his and gave many alms basically meaning acts of compassion to the jewish people and prayed to god continually about the ninth hour of the day he clearly saw in a vision an angel of god who had just come in and said to him cornelius and fixing his gaze on him being much alarmed he said what is it lord and he said to him your prayers and acts of compassion have ascended as a memorial before god praise the lord praise the lord praise god they have risen to god as a memorial i'll come back to that Now dispatch some men verse 5 says dispatch some men to Joppa and send for a man named Simon who is called you know the rest of the story Peter comes he shares the gospel with them and they get yes they get saved praise the lord so salvation comes by faith but these acts of kindness and mercy and compassion rise up as an incense before god You know when you come across passages of scripture like this don't um don't pass them by pay attention to the details that are mentioned in scriptures like this in other words this week if you if you decided led by the holy spirit to indulge in acts of compassion or mercy it has risen to the throne of god it has risen to the throne of god now a person that um, that indulges in these things can experience god's favor in extraordinary ways what happens in this passage an angel appears to cornelius calls him by name did you notice that about the ninth hour of the verse 3 ninth hour of the day he clearly saw in a vision an angel of god who had just come in and said to him cornelius heaven knows your name amen cornelius 
Your prayers and arms have ascended as a memorial. If you study the word memorial, the Greek word that is used there, a, a honorable remembrance. In whose eyes? So I want you to know that many things that um, you, many of you were sharing about how you went out to the um, uh, different parts and you went to homes, you knocked on their doors and you shared the gospel and that at, at points where the Lord um, gave you a burden and compassion for the people, let me tell you that every single one, whether men noticed or not, haven't noticed. Haven't noticed. Their honorable remembrance has taken place. That is why I tell you, indulge in activities of mercy. Church, precious church of the living God, indulge in activities of mercy. Amen. I, I need an amen. Indulge. You know, set aside a percentage of your finances. Set aside a percentage of your finances. Uh, I, I'm not talking about um, uh, tithing. I'm talking beyond your tithing. Have a percentage of your finances. Have a percentage of your food. A percentage of your pocket money. A percentage of your clothes. New ones. Are we ready? To get noticed by heaven. You want angelic visitations and visions in the night? I want. May there be a lifestyle of mercy. Uh, uh, the, one of the worrying things about the modern church is there's a lifestyle of many other things. But somehow you wonder where the mercy and compassion, where acts of mercy and compassion are, are a weekly um, activity. One of the um, uh, three ways in which YVAM ministers, I think it's the third one, acts of mercy, is it? What is it called? Mercy ministry, isn't it? Yeah. And what's the result? YVAM has spread the globe. Spread around the globe and they witness divine intervention. You should read their stories. Angelic visitations. Praise the Lord. I can't hear any praise gods. Amen. God is showing us how to release his power on earth. He is showing us. The lifestyle of Cornelius allowed angels to step in. Praise the Lord, angels to step in. And Peter to have, even for Peter the apostle to have an, an incredible experience. Who was the reason? Cornelius was the reason. We're on Acts chapter 10. Cornelius was the reason. We always look at uh, Cornelius as the sort of uh, under Peter. But uh, do you realize that this whole incident in Peter's life took place because of Cornelius? Glory to God. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, incidents, uh, great events in your pastor's life will take place when you do acts of mercy. Amen. Somebody getting it? Praise the Lord. You, you don't understand. The church will get built when you do works of mercy. 
You know, some of you may, you know, you, you, you will travel somewhere else. You'll be part of another church. I'm telling you that church will be built by acts of mercy that, that proceed out of you by the Holy Spirit. Do it. Just do it. See, one of the things that uh, when you're in a program like YWAM is that you have to do it. Yeah, like you were sharing this, this morning, you know, uh, we had all that teaching. And then and um, right after that, you just put out there and go and do it. Go and do it. It's what we should do with, with these youngsters. You know, we take these guys and just send them, you know, have, a, have an elder over them and just send them to preach the gospel. Do acts of mercy. Visit orphanages. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It releases the juice of heaven. You know, many, uh, many a Christian is living a bored life because they are not indulging in acts of compassion. They are not sensitive to that incredible work of the Holy Spirit. You all, you all experienced it. I wish the rest of the band was here, but you all experienced it when you went to uh, these schools and you ministered to the least. You know, there was no um, uh, secular sort of financial, um, uh, what can I say? contract involved yeah there's no that that kind of motivation it's not the 25 lakhs in your hands you are going and ministering if you Aiga um, means mother in one in some language that I picked up in Bible college okay so um, <laughs> uh, you go to uh, to these schools uh, and um, <clears throat> you're ministering to these kids who are not paying for what you're doing do you know what that is? It's an act of mercy. It's an act of mercy. Praise the Lord. Each of those programs are remembrances. Praise the Lord. See, you don't understand this. If you did, I believe you understand it. Maybe you're processing it. You're going to see blessings in the future in your life for what you just did last week. For acts of compassion and mercy that you allow the Holy Spirit to work through you, you're going to see the repercussions 20 years down the road, 30 years down the road if the Lord tarries in coming. You're not happy about that? There is no bank that gives returns like this bank, the bank of heaven. I'm telling you, I've experienced it. Um, things that, that the Lord is, is doing in my life today for the things that I did um, uh, maybe a decade back. Praise God. Have a smile on your face if you are indulging in acts of mercy. If you're going to make a decision, I do not want a week to go by without an act of mercy. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. If you have, you know, extra drumsticks, you know, share it with somebody who doesn't have drumsticks. Acts of mercy and compassion. Acts of mercy and compassion. Praise the Lord. Cornelius' acts of compassion and reverence set up an appointment to receive the grace of the gospel through Peter. Are you setting up appointments with God? Pay close attention. Are you setting up appointments with God? Do acts of mercy. Scripture says, he who gives to the poor 
Oof. You've set up an appointment. Glory. Do you know the rest of that scripture? He who gives to the poor lends. I can't finish it. He who gives to the poor lends to God. Set up appointment with God. Amen. I, I challenge you. Every week, set up appointments with God. Do acts of mercy and compassion. Amen. Do acts. I hope you grab this. It's going to, it's, it's going to radicalize. Every single one of those beatitudes will radicalize your life. It's, um, in Malayalam, there's a fantastic word. It brings potash. I think it's something to do with potassium, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Some explosive quality. It brings an explosive quality, an excitement that is a heavenly excitement. Praise God. Amen. Cornelius' acts of compassion and reverence set up an appointment to receive the grace of the gospel through Peter. Consistent keeping. This is where we falter. Consistent. Decide. I mean, you're, you're, the pastor of your church should be like, this person is full of, you know, every week coming with ideas of mercy. Oh, I bless you, pastor. I bless you that you have a church with people, you know, bugging you with acts of mercy. They're coming every week with brilliant ideas of acts of mercy. Amen. Consistent keeping. This is where, you know, oof, glory. There's a, there are two ways to live this life. One is, you know, your own absolutely ridiculous way of living. Or you choose the way of, the, of heaven. It's a different walk. It's a different walk. It's a glorious walk. It's an uh, expectant walk. It's, a, it's a, uh, a weekly experiencing, a daily experiencing of appointments with God. Imagine today if you had an appointment with God. Literally, I mean. <sighs> Praise God. Praise the Lord. Today you've had those appointments. I believe so. And uh, you can set up more. The Lord is teaching us this. It's blessed are the merciful. They shall receive. Mercy is empowering. The mercy of God is empowering. Oh, glory. A consistent keeping to the path of mercy and forgiveness keeps our hearts from becoming hard. What made Cornelius so different from the Pharisees of his time? His acts of compassion. Are you getting this, church? How to keep hardness of heart away? Do you know hardness of heart is a, is a major issue? And I hope that you are daily praying and seeking God. Lord, do not let the hardness of heart settle in any part of my life. Because God can't work with a hard heart. Show mercy. Be a person that's looking for um, and uh, praying towards and sensitive to others' needs. Praise the Lord. Sensitive to others' needs. If you are not sensitive to others' needs, there is a problem. There is a hardness that needs to be removed.
A consistent keeping to the path of mercy and forgiveness keeps our hearts from becoming hardened. And prayers and acts of mercy, they ascend to heaven. Praise the Lord. They're a memorial. They ascend to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. So then what do those scriptures indicate? The ones that we read, you know, where Jesus speaks about, if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. So Christ is is teaching us, even in James, judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. What are these uh, scriptures teaching us? They are teaching us that the hallmark of one who has received mercy is that person is always giving mercy. One who has understood the forgiveness of God is always forgiving. Are you listening, church? They have a, they have a consistent um, um, capacity for forgiveness. And the question that's coming up, I hope you understood that. Did you understand that? Those scriptures that we read, stern scriptures where Jesus says, if you do not forgive, you will not be forgiven. What does that mean? It means that if you are forgiven and you've understood God's forgiveness, you will forgive. Did you get that? Did you get that? I hope you got that. Did you get it? If you have received God's forgiveness, you will display forgiveness. Then two penetrating questions come before us. Are you ready for those penetrating questions? Those sharp questions. If you have no mercy toward those who are physically and economically in distress, are you truly a Christian? Not very, uh, what do you call? Hmm? Those of you watching us or will watch us, if the Lord tarries in coming, maybe 10 years down the road on YouTube. Are you a Christian? If you do not have a constant sense of others' needs, Of course, we fail. But the question is to be asked. Has to be asked. If you're finding it so difficult to forgive your wife or your husband, man, in these years of counseling Christians and believers, some of the issues that spouses have, you're like, I mean... How could you have got to a place like that? So let me stick with the first question. If you have no mercy towards those who are physically and economically in distress, 
spiritually as well. If you have no mercy towards such people, are you truly a Christian? Wow. Pastor, why are you asking questions like this? It's, it's making me look at my life, you know. What does the scripture say about what true religion is? Taking care of the orphans, supporting the widows, hmm? exactly, to do good when it is in your power to do so. Have we switched off? See, this is for you to examine and for you to to make um, a decision that, uh, okay, there seems to be a discrepancy here. Something's not right. Has, has my eyes gone away from the kingdom of heaven and is, is fixed on the kingdom of this world? Are we unwilling to show mercy? You think about that. See, I can give uh, different illustrations, but I want to think about Are you unwilling to give mercy? Have you completely switched off mercy and compassion? Have you made a plan this week for somebody in church or someone in your, uh, uh, in your area of influence that this week uh, that they have a need? You noticed it, and I'm going to make sure that's taken care of. Because it's in your power to do it. You have the ability to do it. Jesus told us in Luke chapter 10 verses, um, you don't have to put this up, 25 to 28, um, that the greatest commandment is to love God with all your strength, with your heart, with your, your strength, your soul, your might. And to love your neighbor. And then Jesus went on to explain using which parable? Which parable? Yeah, yeah. You should know it. These are things that should be on your, uh, you should be quick to, the Good Samaritan. Jesus went on to speak about the Good Samaritan. And uh, who are the villains in, in, uh, in the story of the Good Samaritan? <laughs> you went straight to that. I thought at least you'll start with the robbers. And <laughs> she went straight for the high, high priest. She said high priest. <laughs> yeah, the priest, the, who are the villains? The priest, the. Now, if I were to translate that, should I translate it? Should I, should I uh, bring it into the church, the worship leader? The Bible teacher? And the person who paid attention to him was the person that they considered an outcast, the Samaritan. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How important. For the Lord is that is the bandaging of wounds that you are involved in the bandaging of wounds, spiritual wounds, physical wounds. That you are how important is it? Imagine the priest, the Levites. 
And this, this outcast called the Samaritan taps into what God desires for each and every one of us. Someone say amen. I want to quicken your, your, uh, your senses to the Spirit of God wants to release that on us. It wants us to, to experience the glory, the miracles that are waiting as you give in to compassion and mercy the Holy Spirit's going to put on your heart. Praise the Lord. You're going to see miracles take place. Lives transformed. He's preparing us towards that. You know, I, I was um, uh, incredible what the Lord is doing uh, with us and, and that journey that God is taking this church through is absolutely, it's, it's mind-boggling. And uh, as, he, as he's taking us to this stage, I am, I am um, uh, what can I say, I'm, I'm uh, in expectancy to see what's next. Whew. What's going to happen next? If this is what the Lord is preparing us for, and for those of you that were not, you're not here by accident today, this evening. You're not here by accident. I, I am, I'm, I'm, um, uh, I am lost for words for what's going to happen with your life as you completely give in to the compassion of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What to do next? Give in to the compassion of the Holy Spirit. What to do next? The Lord says, Give in to the compassion of the Holy Spirit. Are you ready? You were born ready. Give in. Hallelujah. If we remain impassive, callous to human needs... You know, today somebody came and shared with me that he's got a headache. Took me a few moments, but compassion rose within me. I laid hands on him and I just prayed for him. It took a few moments. Amen. Amen. It's part of the Great Commission. Heal the sick. Have compassion for the sick. Be moved. Be moved by a person that's sick. Be moved. If you're not being moved, pray. Lord, what's going on? I want to be moved. If I hear about somebody who's sick, I want prayer to arise out of my heart. Immediately. Because God has compassion on the sick. God has compassion on the sick. On those who are demon possessed. God has compassion. Today, if somebody hears about demon possession, they want to, believers, they want to run the opposite way. But if you were to read the scriptures properly, a believer who knows who the Lord Jesus is and experiences with the Holy Spirit will run towards. Where are you going, Lord? This deserted place to cast out a legion. Praise the Lord. God is speaking to you. Amen. God is speaking to you. Amen. Hallelujah. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 17. I love the scripture. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 17. 1 John chapter 3 verse 17. If anyone... Hmm? 
If anyone, it says here in NASB, whoever has the world's and sees his brother in need but has no pity or compassion and has and closes his heart against him. That's how NASB says it. Another version says it as has no pity or compassion. What? I didn't ask the question. Scripture is asking the question. Amen. Amen. See, I, I, I told you, church, when the Holy Spirit came upon the, um, the disciples that were gathered in the day of Pentecost, one of the things that, um, that followed, those are the essentials of the church. Those are the essential things that must happen in every church. The preaching of the gospel, the baptizing of those that, are get, that get saved, um, signs and wonders taking place, the gifts of the Holy Spirit operating, and acts of compassion. All of them brought, sold their belongings and brought it and laid it at the feet of the apostles and uh, it was given according to everyone's, each one's need. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In other words, the church is where somebody walks in with a need, it gets fulfilled. Did you hear it? The church should be a place where somebody walks in with a need and uh, God has given us the license. See, we have all sorts of, you know, reasonings. We'll think, man, what will, uh, you know, people will, uh, what? People will um, take advantage of us. Isn't that what uh, they did to Jesus? Let Revelation Church and every church you guys are part of, let the churches become famous for fulfilling of needs. You have a need, go to this church. Because every member of the church, as soon as they're, they're, they're fighting with each other to fulfill others' needs. Pastor said, Amen. Whew, I say, Amen. I, I say, Amen over you. That uh, you will be fighting with each other to fulfill somebody's need. I want to do it. No, no, Pastor, I want to do it. In a nice way. In some places, it happens all for all the wrong reasons. I'm talking about the right reasons because you love to, to fulfill. Uh, you experience that compassion of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen, amen, church. If anyone has material possessions, do you have material possessions? Okay, you maybe, huh? you want to analyze it for a few moments? Do you have material possessions? I Looking at you, I know all of you have material possessions. Do you have material possessions? That's your qualification, by the way. If, you, if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need and has no pity or compassion or closes his heart towards that person, how? Everybody shout this out with me. How? Okay, we do that again in the count of three. One, two, three. How? Oh, come on, put your gut into it. Let's do it one more time. One, two, three. Put some vibrato like my hands are shaking. Um, you know, follow the conductor here. Okay, one, two, three. How? How? May you be woken up in the middle of the night today. I bless you. 
that you're woken up in the middle of the night with, how? Because there's something you need to give to somebody. Hallelujah. Faith without works is dead. Scripture says, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Amen. Church is a place where works abound because faith is alive. Church is a place where works abound because faith is alive. I'll say that again. Church is a place where works abound because faith is alive. You know, be free. Remove everything that is any hindrance for the compassion of the Holy Spirit to work. You know, I was uh, speaking with your pastor. I was so encouraged that, um, you know, the needs of, that, um, of the outreach are being met step by step. And I bless those of you that are being moved by compassion. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Get active. Set up appointment with God. Amen. Set up an appointment with God. Glory. Set up appointments with God. The second thing that um, uh, we need to ask ourselves, an aspect of mercy, which is forgiveness. And Jesus has a lot to say about forgiveness. We are on the Sermon on the Mount. This is the introduction to this lifestyle of forgiveness. One of the things about mercy is forgiveness. Are we a people that refuse to exercise mercy by extending forgiveness? You know, in your Christian life, has it become more and more easier to forgive or more and more hard to forgive? I'm not looking for confessions. That's for you to ask yourself. Some of you are young in your Christian life. Let me tell you, 10 years down the road, again, if the Lord tarries in coming, I hope you become more adept at forgiveness. Adept means skillful. Praise the Lord. Adept means skillful. Nothing sticks. Glory to God. Nothing sticks. You wake up in the morning, you're light as a feather. There's no, that person said this, this person said this, she said this, he said this, he did that. There's none of that. You wake up in the morning, you're light as a feather. When you go before God, you are 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 prostrate before him because of how great his faithfulness is over you. Amen, amen. Forgiveness. Everybody say forgiveness. Hallelujah. God's grace that comes into our hearts makes us merciful. Amen. Amen. It makes us merciful. It changes our character. Our character has to change. There's no excuse. I'm an angry person. I I get, I'm, I'm a stubborn and angry person. No. The reason the Spirit of God came is to make you gentle. So that you may inherit the earth. Praise God. Amen. Get the formula. Yes. All your anger. The anger of man achieves nothing. It's useless. (laughs) Praise the Lord. But his gentleness makes you great. So let uh, put on his gentleness. The gentleness of the Lord. Okay. So um, God's grace comes into our hearts. It makes us merciful. Makes us merciful. You get married to a merciful person. There's no amen. You get married to a merciful person. Every single husband from the church should be a merciful husband. 
No amens. At least the ladies can say amen. Now get rid of all that uh, soap opera and um, all that rubbish in your head. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Be famous in your house for mercy and forgiveness. Let your children, if I were to ask, interview these children privately. Let them tell, tell me about how merciful their father is and how forgiving their father and mother are towards each other. I hope I don't have to hear that utensils are flying. Amen. 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 Don't give the devil a foothold. The Lord wants to, you know, the, the, these, these teachings that Christ has given us is so that the devil has no foothold. The devil will not have a foothold. Oh, I love the scripture. We have a little bit of time. Matthew chapter 18. Oof. Matthew chapter 18. Yes. Matthew chapter 18 verses 21 to 35. I'd like to read the star character here, verse 21. Then Peter came and said to Jesus, hallelujah. Then Peter came and said to Jesus, Lord, I wonder what discussion they had before that. You know, I think there was some scrap going on between the disciples, most likely. (laughs) Knowing Peter, Uh, I must have been irritated with somebody. (laughs) And then uh, Peter came and said to the Lord, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? There must be a limit somewhere. (laughs) Hmm? Up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times. It's basically, uh, uh, you know, thanks. Scriptural lingo for infinite. Infinity, you know that? <laughs> that symbol. 70 times 7. And then Jesus goes on. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king. You ready for this? Are you ready for this? It's an incredible parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. Whew. When he had begun to settle them, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. You know, when we read 10,000 talents and all because of, uh, you know, the value of our currency, we may be like, oh, just 10,000 talents is like. So the one Bible, uh, Bible um, uh, commentator said this would be equivalent to today's $20 million. <clears throat> just to, yeah, have you got it? We read, uh, you know, 10,000, oh, 10,000 rupees, what's, uh, it's a huge amount of money, a huge amount of money. So when he had begun, verse 24, when he had begun to settle them, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. But since he did not have the means to repay, the Lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and children, all that he had and repayment must, uh, has to be made. The slave fell to the ground. 20 million 
dollars. When you think about that, you know, you, you, you realize this body language has no, I mean, it's. <laughs> he fell to the ground and prostrated himself before him, saying, have patience with me, I will repay you everything. And the Lord of that slave felt, what does it say? Verse 27. The Lord of that slave felt, it happens, uh, you know, almost every Sunday uh, or every day. The Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. And there's that word in, in scripture. Whenever you read this word, you have to straighten up. You have to, ooh, what's going on? But. I hope this is not the story of, you know, any of your lives. Or, you know, the ways that you make decisions. I hope it's not like that. Because the scripture will say, but. And then the scripture says, but. Uh, it's not good. It's not good. Okay. It says in, uh, in uh, verse 28, but that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred dinarai. That's uh, $2,000. Okay. To put it in perspective, $2,000. Uh, the other was $20 million. Okay. Was forgiven him. He went after a guy who owed him. So when his, uh, verse 31 says, when his fellow slaves, uh, yeah, no, one second, um, where are we, yes, yeah, verse 28, yeah, the slave went out, found one of his uh, fellow slaves who owed him a hundred dinarai, he seized him and began to choke him. You know, this reminds me of, you know, these absolutely ridiculous things that believers are doing. Choking their neighbor for, they owe, you know, it says, blessed are the gentle, they, they shall inherit the earth. But they're choking the neighbor for two cents. Started to choke him saying, pay back what you owe. So this, his fellow slave fell to the ground, began to plead with him. Saying, have patience with me, I will repay you. But he was unwilling and went and threw him in prison until he should pay back what was. So when his fellow slaves saw what happened, they were deeply grieved. I mean, this happens to the world as well. They see Christians behaving certain ways. They're like, what is going on? This is, is he not a Christian? Even Christian? So when his, uh, verse 31. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved, came and reported to their Lord all that happened. Then summoning him, his Lord said to him, you wicked slave. Praise the Lord. There are times in which this terminology must be used. Yes. Uh, some of you need to correct certain people in your life that God has given you the influence. You need to tell them, you wicked. You're being wicked. Today we are, you know, mollycoddling people, you know. 
we, we are trying to hide uh, from dealing with situations. Jesus is giving you the license. When something is that serious, you, you speak to them with serious language. For their soul's sake. You wicked slave. I forgive you all that debt because you pleaded with me. You know, uh, it's great counseling tips. Yeah, when you're counseling someone, uh, sometimes it's not the shoulder, I mean the hand over the shoulder. You need to tell them, stop this wicked business. It's like, uh, it's like uh, see how the medicine works. It's just, this is a medicine that's highly required. You wicked slave, I forgive you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave? There are often times that uh, the Holy Spirit has to remind me. Did I uh, look at the cross? And then, you know, all the issues are settled. I don't need to carry bitterness. I don't need to carry vengeance. Everything I look at the cross, it is finished. The one that's on that cross, he's enough for me. Amen, 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 amen. Praise the Lord. You wicked slave, I forgave all that debt. Verse 32. That, that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? Praise the Lord. Amen. I encourage you by heart this scripture. Have mercy. Have mercy like God showed you mercy. Amen. Praise the Lord. In the same way I had mercy on you. And his Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed. My heavenly father, you know that believers subject themselves to torture they shouldn't be going through? You know that many sicknesses can be traced to unforgiveness? If not all, many sicknesses can be traced to issues with the relationship with God. Don't keep that stuff. Don't keep that stuff. The, uh, release it. Allow the Holy Spirit to, amen, no matter how um, terrible it was, how traumatic it was, allow the Spirit of God to just make you light as a feather. Amen. Make you light as a feather. That uh, you are a person that, is, uh, that, that doesn't carry that stigma. Doesn't, uh, is a person that extends the same kind of mercy. See, that's the test. Extend the same kind of mercy. Extend the same kind of mercy. I'll repeat it. Extend the same kind of mercy. Praise the Lord. You will experience a newness in every relationship you have. Extend the same kind of mercy. Praise the Lord. Amen. Forgive your brother from your heart. See that scripture is very specific. My heavenly father will also do the same if each of you does not forgive his brother from your hearts. From your heart. From your Satan's greatest masterpiece Satan's greatest ma masterpiece is the Pharisee, not the prostitute. Don't become Pharisees. Beware. 
the leaven of the Pharisees. Beware. Satan's greatest man, this was written, this was said by Pastor Frank Gill. He said, Satan's true masterpiece is the Pharisee and not the prostitute. Think about that. Jesus gave such extensive teaching to prevent the church becoming like the Pharisees. Somebody say amen. Take stock of your life. Take the warnings that scripture is giving over and over. Remove every seed of bitterness. Anything, any, any minute bitterness inside of you. Remove it. There is no reason for you to carry that. There is no reason for you to, to uh, cultivate that. that uh, you extend mercy like you received mercy. Extend mercy. I remember the Holy Spirit hounded me. You know, there's a poem by, uh, I forgot who the, uh, who the poet was. The Hound of Heaven. I forgot the name of the, the poet, but uh, it describes uh, that the Lord comes after you like a hound, uh, chasing after you concerning certain things. And I remember uh, early on in life, uh, I, um, uh, early on in my Christian life, there was this bitterness and anger towards someone who was a pastor, who had, um, who had uh, injured me when I was younger, who had abused me when I was younger. He had become a pastor later on. And um, I, I, got, I got saved and, and something, the Spirit of God kept hounding me, kept hounding me every other week. Forgive! Today, you know, husbands and wives, believers in the church are keeping accounts for years. They have become so hard towards each other. I'm using husbands and wives as an example. This is not the way of the Holy Spirit. People in church are keeping huge accounts about somebody in the church. Learn to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. Learn to be sensitive. What does the Holy Spirit want you to do? Extend mercy and compassion. You know, we're going to get into the uh, nitty gritty or technicalities of this. Uh, because, you know... I'm sure some of you have those questions already. Uh, does forgiveness mean that I behave like this or I behave like that? We will get into that in the next Bible study. Uh, we need to be uh, sorted about this thing. But I want you to know, what does the Lord want you to do? Extend mercy and compassion. You must be a creature. Let me, let me repeat this very strongly. As a believer in Jesus Christ, one who has seen and experienced Christ crucified, you must be a creature of compassion and mercy. You may have the adulation of tens of thousands of fans, people screaming when you play the lead guitar, but you must be a creature of compassion and mercy. Praise the Lord. That's where the Holy Spirit wants you to be. That's where the Holy Spirit wants you to be. Be careful. Be careful of the leaving of the Pharisees. Do not give the devil a foothold. Let the healing start today. If there is something that needs to be healed, if the accounts need to be erased, what does the Lord say? I do not remember. He buried my sins in the depths of the sea, carried them far away. The Lord does not remember your sins. Do not remember others' sins against you. 
Can the Lord enable you to do that? Initially, it can be difficult and you may need to forgive like I had to. Forgive, 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 forgive. Which also God, God acknowledges that. That persistence to be like Him. Let us pray. Lord, we acknowledge your presence in the stillness of this place. Lord, when we open these scriptures and we read them, we acknowledge the Holy Spirit in this place. Blessed are the merciful, they shall receive mercy. I need mercy, Lord. I need your empowering mercy. Lord, let me be a person who's keenly sensitive to the needs of others. Lord, if I am hard, if my heart has become hard towards the needs of others, break, break my heart, Lord. Break the hardness. Break the hardness, Lord. Lord, let the word be, let it fall on my heart uh, in, in a manner that it bears a fruit that the nations can eat. Nations can eat. People around me can, can experience what the compassion of God can do. Lord, I pray that uh, this, we, we pray for our church. We pray, Lord, that we a place where anybody walks in, their needs are met. Let us not be so self-absorbed. Keep us from being self-absorbed. Lord, keep us from the sin of the Pharisees. Let us not be self-absorbed. Lord, if a person walks into our church or walks into our fellowship or meets us on the street, that I am, that I am, that I am a vessel of the compassion of Jesus. That, Lord, we are actively involved. That we have uh, systems of wisdom set in place. Systems of wisdom set in place <clears throat> to meet the needs of others. And the Lord says... See if I will not open the floodgates of heaven. See if I will not open the floodgates of heaven. Lord, let us uh, learn from your precious teaching that you reminded us today, Lord, to be concerned about the wounds of others. Lord, to be like the Samaritan that, that, that was concerned about the wounds. That, Lord, we are offering uh, the incense of acts of mercy on a daily and weekly basis. Lord, sometimes we limit our worship to, to just the songs or certain activities. But, Lord, let us realize that you desire, your, the scripture says emphatically, I desire your acts of kindness and compassion. Lord, this evening we want to release all the accounts. We want a healing for all bitterness. Lord, we pour the balm of, of, of um, the forgiveness of Jesus Christ on every relationship. Amen. 
I see the vision of, of that balm releasing you, healing you. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, yes, says the Lord. Yes, I want you to forgive that person. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, it was a law in Israel that on the seventh year, whatever was owed was to be forgiven. Whatever, whatever amount it was, on that seventh year, it was to be forgiven. Lord, we entered the seventh year through the covenant of Jesus Christ. Amen. We entered the seventh year. We are under a perpetual seventh year. Amen. We are under a perpetual seventh year. It's the new covenant. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let people be astounded. Let people be astounded. The Lord says, your neighborhood, your people around you will, uh, will, uh, uh, you will, you will, people will know you for your good works. Amen. 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 Faith without works is dead. Let there be good works proceeding from your real relationship with Jesus. Thank you, Father. You are called for much more. The Lord says, you are called for much more. Do not settle for the things of this earth. Walk by the principles of the kingdom. Amen. Walk by the principles of the kingdom of God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hello, this is Nisha Dilakoshi. I'm sure this podcast has blessed you. Do subscribe to our channel for more messages and follow us on social media to stay connected. May God bless you.